Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet, though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. One more question here for Donald Cerrone. What is your message to McGregor about the 55 division and the shark tank it is? Well, he comes to 155, he'll bend his little ass over and knock the <laughs> lucky charm. See about that. First, you've got to get through a guy that whooped your ass already. You have a monster right here at 45, Auto about to beat your ass. You beat nobody and you think you're going to come to 155 make a statement? Come on, man. Sit the f*** down. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast, a special edition being brought to you by Untuckit.com. We are here at a Starbucks following the UFC 246 press conference that just took place at the Pearl at the Palms. You know the names involved. Donald Cerrone. Connor McGregor. So Adam Hill, Larry Mayer, and me, Heidi Fang, we're all here to break this down for you, which actually, uh, as we said earlier here, as we're all sitting around the table, turned out to be more of a budding bromance than it was what I think a lot of people expected trading barbs. And Larry, we opened up with that clip from 2016, where I had asked, uh, I believe, Donald Cerrone about the whole uh, Connor beef at the time and, and they traded words and got in each other's face and everything. But this time 2020 is presented a new mature Connor McGregor. And uh, we will definitely hear from them from that in a bit here. But Adam, what were your first thoughts of seeing this subdued type and cordial, respectful uh, presentation between the two of them? Yeah. I think you, you kind of said it all there. You hit it with the, the budding bromance between the two. There was a lot of, you know, not a lot of, you know, animosity, not a lot of, you know, crazy over-the-top Connor things. We've seen Connor do things like throwing bottles at the Nate Diaz press conference and cans of Monster Energy and all those things and certainly seen him go toe-to-toe and head-to-head with all of his opponents before the fight. You know, you look back at the Eddie Alvarez press conference in Madison Square Garden in New York where I think he completely won that fight before they even stepped in the cage because of what he did at the press conference. And there was just none of that today. And every time there was any kind of a little barb, it was kind of met with a, a nod and a, hey, yeah, you're right, laugh from the other guy. Uh, I know Cowboy Cerrone had said before, you know, don't go after my family, don't talk about my family. And I don't think he had to issue any kind of warning. There was, there was going to be nothing over the top. And even I thought that one of the most telling things, because maybe the most dramatic or memorable part of the press conference is, the fact that the crowd booed and cursed and screamed at a reporter for daring to ask a real question. And they didn't even have to because Donald Cerrone picked up the microphone and was like, don't ask that nonsense, like screaming at the reporter himself. Like he's running cover for the UFC and for the PR staff uh, and for Conor McGregor out there. It was just, it was, it was odd and strange, but at the same time, we kind of talked about the fact that this could happen because Conor, you know, I think has some respect for Cowboy Cerrone, as he said today. Uh, Connor is, is, says he's maturing. He doesn't have any reason to go after Donald Cerrone. And part of the, what he said today is, I'm just a real guy, and I don't really have any hate for him, so why would I create something? Why would I say something that's not real? So people might have been let down by it, but it maybe wasn't that unexpected. Yeah, they were both. I, I, I was waiting for them to get up and give each other hugs at one moment. You know, it was, it was amazing. But the thing I wanted to point out is, like, to me, that that's a scary Connor. That's a Connor that's focused. That's a Connor that, in his voice, you know that he's coming out to make a statement against Cerrone. And to me, in my opinion, he's got everything to lose with this fight. Cerrone, you know, he's kind of, to me, he's approaching this fight. He's got nothing to lose. He's kind of on the end of his career. He's got all these stats and his name's in the record books. You know, 
he loses a fight, he can retire, no big deal. You know, Connor loses, this sets Connor back. You know, so to me, Connor has everything to lose in this fight. Cerrone's got stuff to gain, but it's just, it's going to be an exciting fight. That's a false narrative, Larry. Connor said that during the press conference. <laughs> he said this whole narrative about me only winning one fight, you know, since 2006, or not winning any fights since 2016, is just made up. And what he said is, I've only had one unavenged loss in the UFC, and that was, you know, the, that was the Khabib fight. Uh, and he's had the one, the boxing, the boxing loss also, but it's really been a, a stretch of inactivity. So he said, that's all us making that up that he's only, that he hasn't won a fight since 2016. Uh, the bottom line is that's just a fact. He hasn't won a fight since November, 2016. Yeah. And it didn't seem that that bothered him, but he kind of, like you said, Adam, he let it go like, oh, the pressure is not really on me, but you have to think that that pressure is there. And like Larry was saying, it does make him a scarier fighter when he is that focused. I mean, for him right now, it, we talk about the money fight. We talk about red panty night as people call it. Uh, Connor uh, coined that phrase himself. But when you look at, his stock as a fighter if he loses do, do you think that he loses any stock here with his name with being the big ticket in the ufc or is it still the same whether or not he loses or wins uh, come saturday night i think it depends how the fight goes for one thing you know a lot of times i like to judge these kind of questions based on what questions i get from non-mma people or non-mma shows and you know i do i'll do like interviews with mma centric and, and it, that's really not a question that's ever asked I did a couple of mainstream, like not sports related, not MMA related uh, interviews this week. And that was the biggest question that I was getting is what happens if he loses? Do people still care? So I think that is a pretty fair way to look at it from a mainstream perspective right now. I think there is a lot of pressure on, on Conor McGregor in this fight. Like we said, it's one thing to lose a boxing match to Floyd. It's one thing to lose to Khabib, who a lot of people think is maybe the best fighter that's ever fought, especially in that division. Like in a stylistic nightmare and that was sold as hey it's a really tough stylistic fight going going up against them but if you go lose to cowboy cerrone a guy who has had a very successful career but not an elite fighter uh a guy who maybe a gatekeeper uh, sort of speak i mean that's probably a fair even way to say it and a guy who is most likely going to go in there and fight the way you want him to fight i mean he his best path to victory and I know he yelled about it today, but he's wrong. His best path, best path to victory is going to the ground and submitting submitting McGregor. Like, that's where his advantage would be the strongest, but I don't think he's going to do that. And I think that's why he got the fight. So if Cowboy Cerrone goes up and beats him in just a straight boxing or kickboxing bout, all of a sudden you look at Connor and you're like, okay, now you, now you lost to a guy who's not one of the best of the best, not an elite guy. Uh, now there is some questions. And, by the way, you talk about, well, I'm not partying this time. I've got the best camp of my life. I'm in the best shape of my life. I like fighting at 170 because I don't have to cut any weight. Like all of the things that he's saying now of I'm just in a good place mentally. I'm in the best training camp I've ever had. Like, okay, well, then you better go out and win because there, there is that question. Now, would, would he completely fall off the map? No. There's still fights out there for him to take. There's still like he could take the Justin Gaethje fight next, one that people would be excited just to see from a stylistic perspective. But I think as far as selling him to fight Khabib or to fight – even the Jorge Masvidal fight is intriguing. Like he, they would have to set him up in a fight that excites people. He couldn't just sell, I think, his own story going forward if he loses this fight. Do you think the Cowboy fight was meant to possibly, in I don't know whose eyes, but this was an easier fight to set up for Connor than a Gaethje or you know Ferguson or oh. somebody? Other yeah, than that? I, because I, th I think also, well, Gaethje would have done the same thing, but uh, I think Gaethje is a little bit more talented at the at the top end of his game. Um, so I think, yeah, I think. They, they looked at this fight. I think both Connor and the UFC all looked at this fight and said, this is a fight he should win. This is a, a, a name enough guy in Cowboy Cerrone that 
will get people excited. It's not like he's fighting a nobody. He's fighting a name guy, but a guy that's going to go in there and and fight the way he wants him to fight and stand in front of him. And this is a, a favorable matchup stylistically. So, yes, let's make this fight happen and and get the win. Because, believe me, the UFC says they're never cheering for anybody. They want Conor McGregor to win this fight. It sets up so much for them going forward. So they absolutely want him to be in the most favorable position possible to get a win. He wants to, to get a win, and I think that is a lot of reason why this is booked. All right, something else that came out of this press conference, and you just kind of touched on it, Adam, uh, Masvidal. We know that Thursday on the media day, Masvidal and Usman will uh, be there in addition to all the fighters at UFC 246. Now, a lot of people were asking Connor about what's next, what's next, and to the extent that people actually asked Donald Cerrone if they thought that Connor was looking past him. I don't think it's that at all. I think it was just that those are the questions that are being presented to him, so he's complimenting those people and giving them an answer but in the same turn um i don't know if mcgregor really does want to have a fight with masvidal but just because of that bmf title he was talking about i want all the gold i want all the belts but do we think that uncle dana was lying to us when he said that masvidal newsman's not going to happen that it's just coincidence that they're at this media day yeah, do we I think, think i think it's gonna happen yeah. you do yeah i think it's gonna happen yeah Right. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think they're gonna. I think they're setting. Is that up. It was just sarcasm. They might not announce it. Right. Um. But yeah, that, that's going to happen. And 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 well, it is. But you also are looking at what is next because I don't think the UFC wants to commit to anything. There was a lot of talk about that March card not having a, a main event. Uh, that's the Adesanya fight that they were kind of expecting. It may not be going down. It may or may not. But I, I think they definitely left the door open. If you kind of read between the lines of the press conference today, for Conor McGregor to take that spot now. Who would he fight? I think Masvidal makes some sense, so then that would take that fight away. Uh, if it's not, if McGregor's not going to fight them, then maybe you make, you know, Masvidal Usman at that time. Like I, I, I think a lot depends on what happens on Saturday night before they really make any decisions going forward. Because the other thing is, and they talked about it today, Khabib and Tony Ferguson are scheduled to fight for the fifth time. It's fallen through four times already, and Conor McGregor said, "Hey, if I get through this, I will be the backup. I'll be the guy to step in to fight whoever pulls out or whoever doesn't pull out of that fight." Uh, so I think that they're leaving all of those options open and they don't re want to really book anything until then. All right. So we'll wait and see what happens. Maybe we get one of those cage side call outs following the fight. Um, that would be something I think a lot of people look forward to. I have to say, though, in this press conference, we're used to hearing witty uh, remarks from the a notorious one. Even uh, Cerrone's had his share of that happen at different fight cards and, and, and leading up to them. But at this one, I think the best line was either the two of them uh, complimenting each other on Python codes or the, the one where uh, Cerrone said he had to get hooked on phonics because Connor said he could read them like a children's book. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Adam, what was the moment here that stood out for you? Or is it just that they were being complimentary of one, one another? I think it's the overall tenor. Uh, of the event, I, I think, I mean, to me, it's the the fact that they really weren't wanting, wanting to engage or willing to engage or want to go at each other. But uh, the, the other thing is just, I think on a, on a grander scale, it's the fans booing, you know, the question, a legitimate question about Conor McGregor's, you know, past, his the sexual assault potential allegations he's, he's uh, enduring. And again... It's just reports because there's been no confirmation that he is under investigation for either of these cases. But, you know, him saying actually him him invoking the fact that he's not allowed to talk about it is actually a confession to a degree that he is under investigation. Because what if, the, if he wasn't, what can he talk about? So it's a completely fair question. It's a legitimate question to be asked. And you hear all the time fans 
getting on MMA media in general. And I think the MMA media has done a, a poor job for the most part of getting into some of these issues. But, there, I mean, you have somebody try to ask a legitimate question and they get booed and screamed at like that. And for the fans to do the UFC's bidding for them uh, and for the, you know, and for Cowboy Cerrone and to, to do what he did. And, and he's just a general, not like the media guy anyway. But, man, I, I think those are the things that really stand out for this about the general picture of what people care about and – to, to boo a reporter for doing his job and asking a question is pretty disgusting. Yeah, it was weird to also hear Dana say, um, well, he answered those questions on ESPN. I think he said he that didn't. a couple times. He didn't. I mean, he, he was asked and he avoided the question, but it's fair to ask him in every interview, in every single setting, hey, this is something that's hanging over your head. Like, what, it, whether, whether it's a distraction or whether it's something that, you know, he's thinking about or what's, if it affects his legacy, like, all of these are fair questions. Uh, that need to be asked and you know they don't need to be asked I i'm not saying you need to ask it like 10 straight times and get no comments every time but every time he's doing an interview which these things should be brought up it honestly looked like connor was ready to answer the question of course and he the was. fans he's were the ones prepared. that were more upset about it and yeah it was, it was ridiculous his lawyers have talked to him his lawyers prepared him he was prepared to answer it with ariel hawani on espn who by the way i think he softballed the question a little bit but he asked them he asked the fair questions and connor didn't answer but he had his prepared answers let him give those answers over and over again and as as i said people said well, what's he gonna say he's just gonna say he can't answer it well that in itself is, is news if he can't answer it there's a reason why it's because he's under investigation there's really been no confirmation from his side that he's even under investigation so that would be it right there and uh, credit to that guy that asked the question. I do not know his name or I would say it right here on this podcast. I have to say, like Adam was saying, it's been years that we always see this on Twitter. Like, no one asks the hard questions. Uh, you know, these things are boring. Everybody knows what to expect from the MMA media. And here we have somebody asking a legitimate question. And like Adam said, booed. Um, I think, you know, just credit to that guy for actually doing his job. Um, when we talk about this fight, we have not yet given our predictions we have not yet looked at the full analysis in depth on this fight card and we will because this is a bonus episode but uh right now what i'd like to do is just kind of give you guys an idea of what we're talking about here when we say that everything has been such a, a bromance that they were so respectful and so cordial with each other by letting you hear the words of Cowboy Cerrone and Conor McGregor at the press conference and what they had to say each to each other when uh, things got nice. Um, you know, like I said, I respect McDonald. Uh, he has earned my respect through his activity and through just observing him. You know, he steps up. He goes through divisions also. Not many, not many a man in the business does that. He's been around so long. We're just professionals. Why can't we? Why can't? Why can't Connor sit here and hold himself like he's doing? Right? Amazing. Are you kidding me? I mean, you guys aren't getting the clickbait and all that y'all want. But as a man, my hat's off to the sun sitting here. Ever see an untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts will always fall at the perfect untucked length. Just ask my husband. He heads into the party. He loves the way he looks and feels comfortable in his Untuck It shirt. If it's perfect to the frame, these shirts are really great. With more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too 
too long or too big again. And their website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Again, that was Cowboy Cerrone complimenting Conor McGregor at the press conference. Many compliments were had. Hopefully there are not high fives and hugs when they do fight in the octagon because that really just annoys me when they start high-fiving. I can get it if there's a foul and the foul's not called. And like, okay, I'll let you give pass on a high-five. But no, when you're in there, it is fight time. This is going to be a five-rounder and your main event on January 18th at the T-Mobile Arena UFC 246. Uh, what do you see happening? Just as a quick prediction, as of right now, after seeing these to face-to-face Adam yeah I mean listen I think that Connor may have let Cowboy off the hook a little bit by not not getting into her skin or trying to trying to go after him because he's so good at it and he's done wonders with that to so many opponents Eddie Alvarez being one of course Jose Aldo being another where he's like talked his way into wins before they even stepped in the cage so may have let him off a little bit uh with that one uh, but then again, there there is the narrative out there, and Cowboy Cerrone disagreed with it. But that if you get Cowboy fired up, he's better in the fight. So maybe maybe it was a, a conscious effort by McGregor to just say, "I'm not going to give him any material or anything to to get fired up about." Um, I, I still I think Connor, when he's on his game, his his accuracy as a striker is just so impressive. But then again, Cerrone is is very skilled as a kickboxer. He's got a much easier path to victory if he wanted to take the fight to the ground. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh, I think he's going to live up to his word and just try to stand and, and trade with him. So I think, you know, the the easy narrative is probably the right one, that early in the fight, McGregor could do a lot of damage and probably get to him. And if the fight goes on into the into the later rounds, uh, Cerrone might have an advantage of kind of, you know, finding a home for some of his strikes and settling in. He's, he's had a reputation as a slow starter at times uh, in the UFC, so maybe McGregor could take advantage of it early. And uh, if, if Cerrone can endure that and last the rest of the fight, then he might be able to turn the tide. Who gets a who gets a decision if it goes five? It's, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I think I think the fight turns right, but I think the fight, I, I do think the fight turns at some point in Connor, or excuse me, in Cowboy's favor. But I don't know when that would be. I mean, could it be the fourth round and it turns and he's and he's already lost? You know, he's already McGregor's already won three rounds and Cowboy kind of turns it around in the later stages, or or is it in the middle of the third round or early how, third round where he can turn it around? How many times has McGregor been taking five rounds? Uh, it's been a it's, yeah. It's, I mean, he's been. He was in the fourth round against Khabib, but I mean that was a fourth round that he lost. Um, I mean he obviously went ten with with uh, Mayweather. Uh, the Diaz, the, uh, the second Diaz fight went the distance. Other than that, it's all been it's all been early. So he's only been into the championship rounds twice, and only been a full five rounds once. And, oh no, Holloway was a three round. Uh, the Holloway fight was a three round fight. Yeah, so it's, it's been a while. Uh, I got um. So I was on the Cerrone train. And then when I started watching all these things and seeing Connor's focus, I, I'm I definitely think Connor has the advantage if it's standing. I agree with Adam. Connor's a very fast, accurate striker. Um, I do think that if the fight goes past three, four rounds, I think Cerrone. I think Cerrone might be able to. to that that'll be the turning point. I think for Cerrone, third or fourth round, um, just because of that factor. Connor hasn't been taken to deep water many times. Um, again, too, I think the size. There's going to be a size difference here. Cerrone's a big guy. He's been in there with bigger welterweights. You know, Diaz is a, is a welterweight, but he's not a big welterweight. You know, uh, Cerrone was in there with Matt Brown. You know, Matt Brown's a massive welterweight. I just I think size will play will play a factor here, but I still think Connor will have the, the advantage standing up. 
I've been looking at it a lot and something that keeps bothering me about Cerrone, though I am still thinking that he takes this fight home, is that he's been through not wars necessarily with Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson, but he took a beating in those two fights. I mean, he took a lot of damage and then coming out of those two fights, facing those two guys and then coming into this fight, that's a big, big challenge for anybody, especially because um, Cerrone's fought I think it's seven times in the past two years so and then he went like in that fight in May and then June and then uh September and then here he is again you know so it's like all these quick turnarounds now that's something he likes to do but when your body takes that kind of wear and tear over and over and over uh I think the one thing that benefits him is that this fight is at 170 so he doesn't have to do such a brutal cut but yeah, right. He did thank him for it. But uh, I, I think that just going through those two battles is going to take its toll. Um, credit to his cardio, because we know he's always ready and prepared in that sense. So we'll have to see if, like you guys both said, that if Connor can wage the war past the third round. So uh, for me, I'm leaning with Cerrone right now, maybe by submission. Yeah. I mean, it would go against what he said, but it would be <laughs> a smart move by him. I mean, instincts could take in. He could take a, a, you know, a right hand or a shot and, you know, be dazed and see a leg or an arm so that that possibly that, that very well could happen i could see that happening so that'll do it for us here on the rj ringside podcast for this special edition ufc 246 press conference wrap-up we'll be back later in the week with a full episode previewing the entire fight card breaking down things to the reach to the leg reach to the how many punches each guy throws around now i don't know if we'll really get to all that hugs how many hugs have each of these fighters had? We'll break down everything for you here on the RJ Ringside podcast later in the week. Keep it checked in at the coveringthecage.com site, reviewjournal.com, where we'll have everything updated for you as the days turn with the fight week. And you can find all the videos there, the articles there, and everything else that we do in coverage for combat sports right there on the Review Journal site. So for Adam Hill, you can find him on Twitter at Adam Hill LVRJ. For Larry, he's at Larry Mir, and I am at Heidi Fang. For both of the guys thank you so much for listening we'll be back soon